Salams and welcome to another episode of Network Reorient. Today we have with us Dr. Mustafa Sheikh talking about alcohol, Islam and the ontic. So, Dr. Sheikh, could you please introduce yourself for our listeners and could you please tell us how you came to be interested in uh, the range of opinions on alcohol in Islam? Assalamu alaikum, uh, So I'm Dr. Mustafa Sheikh and I'm a lecturer in Islamic studies at the University of Leeds. Um, one of the modules that I teach here is um, Islamic law and I take a, a, an historical approach to the subject. Um, and the question of alcohol has been a, a case study, a tool really, a teaching tool that I've used for a number of years um, uh, among a repertoire of, uh, of case studies. Uh, Riba is another one which is uh, maybe translated as usury, um, sexual relations, um, the question of slavery and um, it's kind of the way that it's uh, discussed um, in jurisprudential literature and also the eventual prohibition of slavery. So all of these are case studies that I use in my teaching. Of course, alcohol is, is one of those questions. Um, it's something that has always engaged my students, the nature of the topic. Of course, alcohol is a taboo mm. uh, topic. It's one of those typically you know, not on the table for discussion. So um, it's one that I know my students appreciate having an opportunity to think about. Often when they come to university, it's the first time that they have been able to have a serious discussion, a frank discussion about it. And so, um, but obviously, you know, um, within the kind of boundaries of, you know, academic inquiry, um, where we, you know, really think about this from the kind of um, a close reading of um, the the texts the textual tr tradition and so that's that's how um, the kind of the, the issue of alcohol ca you know c um, uh, came up uh, came about as, as kind of a, a, a an area an area or subject of interest for me um, we have at the university um, what we call teaching led research so the the fact that I've been teaching alcohol the question of alcohol for so long as part of my course on Islamic law is really what led me to then research the topic further um, and that's what eventually produced this article. Mm. Okay, um, can you summarize the main points of the article uh, for our listeners? Yeah, okay, so after um, a little bit of contextualization around the way that alcohol is talked about, mm. um, in particularly in um, Islamic contexts. Um, so I give the example of uh, the head of comparative jurisprudence at Al Azhar University, mm -hmm. Sheikh Saadadin Al Hilali, who in 2012 went onto Egyptian TV and um, and discussed um, the Hanafi view on alcohol mm -hmm. and um, created quite a stir. Um, he was doing this. He did this in the context of, of course, the the, the recent uh, revolution that mm. had happened and uh, um, the kind of emergence out of that revolution of um, the the brotherhood mm. um, and its victory in the in in the f in the first democratic elections um, in, in Egypt for decades 
And um, yeah, so he, he, he created quite a stir. In that discussion, he talked about Abu Hanifa's position okay. on alcohol and said that the only, the only form of alcoholic beverage that Abu Hanifa deemed absolutely prohibited uh, was wine. And said, uh, he, he said that all other forms of alcoholic beverage uh, are prohibited by Abu Hanifa only in amounts that intoxicate. So in amounts, um, in small amounts, um, th they're basically permissible to drink. And so um, that was the, the kind of, I used that in uh, the paper to, to highlight that this is a di an ongoing discussion. It isn't by any means a dead discussion. Um, despite the fact, of course, that Muslims today, wherever you go in the Muslim world, who those Muslims who are kind of um, Sharia-minded or conscious of their, you know, of, of their of Islamic practice, um, would invariably say that alcohol is prohibited, despite the position mm. of the Ummah, in a sense, on alcohol. It is still a discussion that Muslims will have. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, Sheikh Sa'duddin al-Hilali um, uh, showed that clearly uh, in 2012 when, when he went on, on television. At the same time, it's clearly a discussion that is very um, emotive and, um, and sensitive. And so um, I find the same when uh, I discuss it um, as part of my teaching. Mm -hmm. There are those students who really engage and appreciate the opportunity to discuss the, the question of alcohol and juristic thinking on it and there are those who are troubled by it and um, I know I have to be very sensitive about the kinds of the sensibilities of, uh, of my audience when I, when I discuss this but notwithstanding the sensitivities around it I think it's an important uh, topic it's it's worthy of, 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 of our of scholarly inquiry um, I don't think that um, we as Muslims should shy away from the discussion on alcohol. And indeed, um, Allah um, speaks often in the Quran about alcohol mm. um, in different forms. Um, sometimes wine, sometimes other alcoholic beverages, date wine and so on. So um, it's of course mm. also a reward that's promised to the believers in, mm. in paradise. So, you know... Um, Anyone who has read the Quran and inshallah we're in Ramadan at the moment, Muslims are reading and doing, you know, are completing uh, recitals of the Quran, will know that this is, a, this is a topic that comes up. But I think what's needed is obviously a, a mature uh, discussion on, on the topic if we're going to uh, um, gain any benefit from, from, from thinking about that. Um, so, you know, after some um, um, context to the, the kind of discussion of alcohol, then... Uh, in our in my paper, and I have to say that this is something I've a paper I've co-authored with a, a colleague of of mine here at University of Leeds, Dr. Dajjal Islam. Uh, we then go into a real, really extensive um, textual analysis of the Hanafi school's position on alcoholic beverages. We go right back to the time of Abu Hanifa and trace juristic thinking through. Um, a range of periods, a number of periods of Hanafi thought. So from the ancient school through to uh, the school during its formative period and and then um, through pre-modernity up until what we might call contemporary times. The We're also really interested in 
looking at the school in all of its geographies so we don't limit limit ourselves just to um, a you know the the school in Baghdad for example um, we wanted to avoid being kind of Arab centric in our approach to this and that's an important part of the critical Muslim studies approach so we look at geographies uh, beyond um, you know Arabophone um, uh, regions um, so we've looked at the juristic discussions on this in Muslim India um, and um, indeed Transoxania as well and um, in that way um, I think we um, were able to produce a much richer discussion on, mm. on the topic. So after the uh, kind of survey of the textual tradition, um, we then hit upon um, a, a the fraught question of the prohibition of alcohol in the Hanafi school and um, or the permissibility of alcohol. All right. So the Hanafi school, as I think most Muslims know, is an outlier among all of the schools, um, jurisprudential schools in Islam. Um, whether the Jafri, the Hanbali, the Maliki, the Shafi, all schools prohibit alcohol of all kinds um, and um, in, in, in all amounts, small or, or large. The Hanifi school is an outlier in that it is the only school that had a different position. It drew a distinction. Uh, scholars drew, drew drew distinction between wine made of um, grapes and other forms of alcoholic beverage, and um, you know it's something that we can explore more fully as uh, as we discuss this. For now, I'll, I'll simply say that the um, the 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 Hanifi school at some point um, aligned itself with the other schools of law. It was a, around the 12th century where this happened um, and it adopted the position of general prohibition. And so in our article we, 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 we broached that. What exactly was happening when, when the, in that process? And what did the Hanafi school abandon the position of Abu Hanifa and the, you know, the, the early masters? Mm -hmm. And what we found was um, that the, the theological uh, basis upon which Abu Hanifa and the early masters uh, based their argument of mm. um, uh, narrow prohibition, so prohibiting only specifically grape wine, but um, allowing other forms of alcoholic beverage up until the point of intoxication. Mm. The uh, jurists through the ages, Hanafi jurists through the ages, um, rem continue to uphold the theological justifications. What they um, shifted on was um, the kind of um, the, uh, the practical dimension, all right, to the, so the, the fiqhi uh, dimension to the discussion. They, um, through a fatwa, mm. uh, which is quite different to a hukum, mm. um, through fatwa, uh, they they prohibited um, on the basis of um, what they argued was now kind of um, 
the the abuse of alcohol in Muslim society, mm. right? So there, there's this they they argue that there is now this manifestation of Muslims drinking uh, to the point of wanton diversion and in ways that were destructive at places like taverns mm. and coffee houses and so on. These had also started to appear yeah. from the 13th and 14th century in Islamic societies. Um, they issued a fatwa prohibiting now the consumption of alcohol. Um, they did that through the through a fatwa, which meant that they weren't reversing the the theological argument that was first put forward by Abu Hanifa mm. and the early masters. Okay, mm, so okay. Um, the original hukum doesn't change. Um, it's simply that um, the fatwa allowed. Um, the state, as it were, mm. um, and the uh, courts and judges to impose a ban on um, mm. alcohol and alcohol consumption and alcohol sale and so on. Okay, mm. so um, and that's what we found in this paper, and it's it's not something that um, you will find in the literature on this. Um, it's mostly described in the literature as a Hanafi U-turn. Mm. And in their alignment, what you find is descriptions of the Hanafis kind of um, prohibiting alcohol. And one is led to believe that it's a reversal of hukum. Mm. And, um, and that's simply not the case. So th this is really what we, what we do in this article. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Um, just quickly, I want to get something um, just out of the way straight away. It's been one of the... Um, when the paper first came out, it was one of the uh, questions or comments or concerns um, that were given to me on the basis of people reading the article. Two things. One, is this just another example of an academic being controversial for controversy's sake? And two, if you were to get, if this article was obviously to get out, and this information that you're saying um, you've collated here was to get out, what would stop? Muslims going out and starting to drink. So what would be your response to people who raise these concerns? Sure. Well, this article is very, we're very clear in this article that what we are not doing here is advocating uh, that Muslims um, drink. Mm. Um, it, the Ummah is unanimous on the point, on this very point, that alcohol is prohibited in all mm. forms. And that's where, um, where the Ummah is. Mm. And um, that's where it will be, and that that is very much the position of um, of, of myself and my co-author, mm. and I think this article is very clear about that. Um, what we are doing, however, in this article is making in a particular intervention in mm. um, both the wider discussion, as I mentioned that. Um, you know, we, you'll find within Muslim communities about alcohol and its prohibition, mm. but also the kind of uh, more specific discussions that are happening on this question within the academic literature, uh, where you will find uh, very often characterizations of Muslim hypocrisy. Mm. So, for example, Goldseer, um, he kind of highlighted the the what he he just he puts 
puts forward as Muslim hypocrisy around the whole question of alcohol, that on the one hand, Muslim jurisprudence prohibited alcohol, but on the other we find caliphs, sultans, and you know elites in Islamic societies through history drinking alcohol. Mm. And a number of Orientalists do this when they write about alcohol. They seem very keen on kind of highlighting the, the great Muslim hypocrisy. Yes. And so um, we were really obviously interested in moving beyond Orientalist characterizations and representations of this discussion. Mm. And we do this by taking mm. a critical Muslim studies approach, which really centers the Muslim subject position. So what is our experience of this um, as Muslims? And what can we bring to this from a Muslim subject position? And for us then, therefore, the question is not really, um, you know, how do we reverse the mm. Ummah's position yeah. on this? But it's really about how do we move beyond Orientalist um, representations of this discussion, which really reduce this to, quite often, an exa another example of Muslim hypocrisy or libertini li liber um, Muslim libertinism um, despite this kind of juristic tradition that prohibits mm. and their kind of the, the fraught relationship between Muslims and their law and this inflexible static Sharia and so on. We wanted to move beyond those kinds of discussions and indeed challenge um, really characterizations of and uh, constructions of Islam as simply um, an, a religion of, you know, do's and don'ts. Mm. That well, really all, all that Muslims are, are people that, you know, adhere to a Sharia law which establishes boundaries of the basis of prohibitions and commands. So that is really what I would say mm. it would be to reduce Islam to um, an ontic. Yeah. Um, an ontic category or an ontical understanding of Islam. We wanted to move beyond that. Okay, that was going to be my uh, next question, actually. So you want you saying you want to move uh, beyond that, and actually, in the paper itself, on page uh, one eight six, you say in the context of this article, we seek to demonstrate that Islam is an ontological category for Muslims, and that essentializing Islam on the basis of specific ontic manifestations, such as the prohibition of alcohol, would be to reduce Islam. Now, I want to basically ask you how does the issue of alcohol in particular help us move from an ontic understanding to an ontological one yeah what it shows this what our paper shows through this case study of alcohol is that there is no um, kind of ultimate um, final say on the question of alcohol in mm. Islam just like there's no final say on any particular question within Islam, especially Islamic law, I should say, whether that's on the issue of usury or whether that's the you know issue of um, let's say um, I don't know we can uh, give an example of um, sexual relations. Um, there, all of these things are always going to be subject to discussion, debate, and contestation. And that's because we have ijtihad. Mm. And uh, as long as ijtihad is a prerogative of jurists and scholars, there's always the possibility of engaging in 
um, new inquiries on uh, topics that have, albeit that those topics that have been, you know, done to death. Mm. There's always the possibility of reopening a question and of new understandings and new positions being taken up. And that is, um, that is something that I think is, um, is inter an interesting feature of Islam. So this is, um, to reduce Islam, therefore, to, oh, Islam is a religion which prohibits alcohol. Mm. Um, is um, is actually um, a an inaccurate characterization. Um, Islam is a, a living tradition, mm. which um, uh, you know, and and questions like the question of alcohol are are always going to be the you know subject to debate and discussion and inquiry, and ultimately, it is the ummah, which is made up of Muslims themselves. Who will decide? Um, you know, decide what Islam is. Decide what you know, um, Islam, Islamic law is, and will decide on you know what the prohibitions and commands are to, are to be. Mm. It's not some kind of um, you know a tradition or t a, a, a scriptural tradition that sits apart from Muslims themselves. Mm. Uh, it, it's Islam is a product of an active engagement of Muslims with their scriptural tradition, with the Quran and with the Sunnah and so on. And, um, and that's something that is, um, is evolving. It's always in the process of becoming. Mm. It never simply is. Yeah. And I think that's one way of thinking about how we move beyond the ontic to the ontological. Mm. All right? Now that isn't how, um, you know, people always want to see or think about Islam, they often would rather reduce Islam because for one, yeah, yeah. for one agenda or another. Mm. Okay, Dr. Sheikh, thank you very much for that. This has been Network Reorient. Thank you for tuning in. Please have a listen to some of our other episodes and leave a rating.